welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. And I'm Michael Morey. And this week we're here to talk about, what else? Sean the Sheep, Farmageddon, which <laughs> is not out yet, but uh, we decided we'd get the jump on the hype train. So Choo-choo. <laughs> no, we're here to talk about Avengers Endgame, which is uh, well on its way to becoming the highest grossing film of all time. Yep. And we'll likely see that uh, fastest movie, I think, to a billion dollars in cinema history. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's the movie. It's the culmination of 21 of these things now in the, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's all the heroes, literally all the heroes teaming up uh, to fight Thanos. It's the follow up to Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War, which left on a major cliffhanger ending. And uh, people, everyone has seen it. I think I don't know how it's going to make more money outside of repeat viewings because it is the busiest I've ever seen a movie theater ever. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So normally we talk about an overarching thing. However, these especially these Marvel things dominate the uh, the the cultural conversation so much that we're going to save that for the end as more of a post end game What does the landscape look like now that it's been in the wild and people have seen it? Um, So we're going to talk about the film first. And secondly, uh, I think we should get this out of the way first. If you haven't seen it, I don't know who you are. (laughs) Um, And uh, we do full spoilers on the show. Um, There's a lot. (laughs) There's this movie's a lot. It's it's the first one of these. It's three hours long. Uh, And yeah, so... Uh, Mike, what did you think about Endgame? I I liked it, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, it's very messy. And like I told you in a text message, a little self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they've earned it. They've gotten to a point where I think they can, they can do that and give people what they want. Um, I suspect that I'll probably focus more on some of the negatives that they chose, but the end result is I think they made the only conclusion to all of these movies that they could have. I think that this is the only way they could have done this properly. And so whatever problems I kind of have with it are like small choices or just conceptually like these team up movies, they've never been like my favorite of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just because like you don't get to spend enough time with one particular character so given those constraints or those preconceptions I have about those kind of movies, this is probably as good as it could have been. That's my take. Uh, yeah, I actually agree with most of that. Um, I I liked it. I actually really liked it thematically. I think it's really strong in that regard yeah. as far as getting these characters to where they need to be mm-hmm. and uh, giving them conclusions that are satisfying. Yeah. Um, the ones who do get conclusions. Right. Um, and setting up what could potentially be the larger um where we go from here uh i think all of that was solid um it's messy it's it's messy but not sloppy is what i've been saying interesting yeah i can um, see that it's clearly well made it's clearly well crafted these people gave a crap yeah like, it's well intentioned it's a victory lap yeah it's a victory lap and after 21 of these things and the impact they've had and effect they've had on culture they've earned it as far as i'm concerned um 
there's nothing in here that's going to burn up any goodwill anyone has towards these series. No. Uh, or any ill will if you're a non-fan. Um, you know, it is more of the same. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I think it's I think it's really solid. I think uh, I think it's really solid when it's all said and done. I think the hows and the whys and the actual Mm -hmm. stuff in it is it's weird. It's it's a weird little movie. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) um, it's uh, I think what I texted you is it's got a set on it. Like there's some choices that were made and I, I. Anytime one of these even a little bit works, I'm kind of amazed mm-hmm. and more so with this one than any of them. I yeah. Think. Um, I don't even know where to start with this thing, man. There's a it's a lot of movies. So I guess we'll start with. Picks up after Infinity War 22 days later. Yeah, uh, we kind of see everyone sad. Then Ant-Man gets uh, kicked out of the quantum realm, which was set up in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Because mm-hmm. uh, a, a rat saves the universe. Sure. And, uh, then we basically, he doesn't know what has happened. So mm-hmm. he's kind of the audience, uh, uh, what's it? Conduit? Surrogate. Surrogate. There we go. Yeah. Well, that doesn't even happen. That happens five years later. So that. No. Right. The time jump is after he. Yeah. yeah comes yeah. out. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but do we going to talk about Thanos being beheaded and all that stuff? Or? Oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh. What happens 22 days after is Iron Man gets saved by Captain Marvel, comes to Earth. They decide to go after Thanos at uh, the Garden is what it's it's called. And uh, they go after Thanos and Thor just gets pissed and cuts his head off. And that was the first moment where I was like, oh, oh, what is this? Yeah. So I kind of, you know, known that there would be a time travel element and I figured that would be the case. But when that happens still, even though that's in the back of your head, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, whoa, that was a choice. Like, yeah. I I am impressed. Like, that was that was ballsy, yeah. man. The way that people reacted in the audience suggested that as well. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely like a lot of consternation. Like, where is this going to go now? Yeah. Uh, Robert leaned over to me and went, credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so then uh, we come back to Earth and five years later... Uh, nothing has changed. Yeah. And Ant-Man gets saved by a rat. Figures out, th- doesn't know what happened mm-hmm. in that five years. He's been in the quantum realm this whole time. And he sees his daughter. She's a teenager now, um, which is a great moment, I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Ant-Man ended up being one of my favorite characters in this movie. Yes. Um, Paul Rudd's great in it. Yeah, he's um, really likable in this Yeah, role. he's, I mean, he's great in that role. That role mm-hmm. fits him like a glove anyway. But man, he's good in this. And, uh... So he comes back and basically says, yo, while I was in the quantum realm, I had this thought that we could time travel, get the Infinity Stone. So what they learn from Thanos when they go to visit him is that he has destroyed all the Infinity Stones. Mm -hmm. So the Avengers feel kind of hopeless. And then Ant-Man comes out and says, yo, I think, you know, we can invent time travel. We can sort of reverse engineer time travel based on what i kind of observed in the quantum realm but i need to talk to someone who's smarter mm-hmm. than i am about this stuff um but i do think it's possible and we could jump out at specific points in time gather the infinity stones come back to the present craft our own gauntlet and undo the snap yeah basically 
Um, so they go to Iron Man and uh, Iron Man does not want to be part of this um, because he is married Pepper and they've had a child named Morgan. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, that's kind of all he wants to do. But because he is a scientist at heart, he can't stop thinking about the possibility of inventing time travel. Right. Because that's a pretty enticing thing. Yeah. Um, so he does it. <laughs> yeah. So, so he yeah. does it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and he makes a Mobius strip and, and therefore time travel. Sure. And uh, then they go back in time to various movies uh, that have had yeah, the Infinity like, Stones yeah, in them. Yeah, Greatest Hits. Yeah, well, it's a clip show. And, and Thor 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was weirdly some of the best stuff in that second act in this one. Yeah, they actually kind of like redeem it. I never actually had much of a problem with Thor 2. It's just boring yeah, is all. But, but yeah, it, it was interesting that they chose that movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they kind of had to. Yeah. Um, because that particular stone yeah, yeah. had not been in any of the other ones. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, the other thing is the team is broken up. Uh, right. Hawkeye is a vigilante uh, emo boy because his entire family disappeared in the snap. All mm-hmm. of them. And Thor's fat. Um mm-hmm. And Black Widow's kind of trying to hold on to some semblance of hope or or something. Just she's trying to find a purpose in all this, um, especially with, you know, these people that she loves gone and Clint, you know, being off the map. Um, War Machine's looking for him and other people are just kind of looking for anything in the universe. Uh, there's a little Namor uh, Easter egg in there mm-hmm. um, about a, an underwater earthquake. And people are just kind of trying to learn how to live in this new normal. Yeah. And that's the first hour is that. And then the second hour is the time travel. Let's grab the Infinity Stone stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the third hour is just the final showdown with Thanos. Right. Uh, Past Thanos. Yeah. 2014 Thanos. Yeah. So in in the midst of them performing this time heist is what they call it. Uh, In the midst of them performing the time heist, we find out that Nebula is connected to Nebula from the past. Right. Uh, they share the same network or they, something. Well, they share the same network, but also there's precedent for being connected through the quantum realm mm-hmm. um, in Ant-Man and the Wasp because oh, yeah. uh, Janet Van Dyne and Scott Lang's consciousness get intertwined. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, when, he, when he goes into the quantum realm or after he has gone to the quantum realm. Um, so they that happens to the two Nebulas, mm-hmm. the 2014 one and the present day one that goes back in time to 2014 as such this alerts thanos because that nebula was still working for thanos this alerts thanos to what happens to him mm-hmm. and he kind of figures out the avengers plan to travel through time grab the in- infinity stones and reverse the snap yeah so they grab the infinity stones uh hijinks and sue we'll talk about the the more granular stuff about that later <laughs> um this is just the plot uh which by the way is a lot it is a lot uh the granular uh the the infinity stones get gathered stark in uh uh makes an infinity gauntlet hulk uses it undoes the snap and as soon as that happens past thanos shows up and blows up the avengers compound Mm uh and then the it's and then the last hour kicks in and it's just the final fight with thanos and the wrap-up um and then it's over. That's it. Right. Um, so t- the big plot point from that is that uh, Thanos gets the Infinity Stones back. And Iron Man ends up going up to him and kind of instead of pulling the glove off, he pulls the Infinity Stones out of the glove and mm-hmm. puts them in his own Iron Man suit. 
snaps his fingers and Thanos and his whole army disappear disappear and get dusted like in Infinity War and then Iron Man dies. Yeah. And that's kind of the end point. Um, there's a, a wrap up with Captain America as well. Mm. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's the, they have a funeral for Tony. Right. And then the little bit with Captain America. And that's that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, I think it, big picture like that. Mm hmm. It's not too complicated, but when you get into the the nuts and bolts of it, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to deal with. And I think before we get into all of this, I, I do think that the congratulations is in order because mm-hmm. it's crazy that they pulled this thing off for this long. Yes. I, like it is an achievement. It is a cinematic achievement. It is... I think ultimately good for film history. Uh, I don't know about the future of filmmaking, but I think when it's looked back on, people are going to be like, whoa, that was a crazy thing Mm -hmm. that happened. Um, For better or worse, right? And I think we should get that out of the way up front because we're going to sound pretty down on this movie. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, Because it's just by nature of being what it is, Mm -hmm. it is overly complicated. It's overly complicated. It's trying to serve a lot of different masters in mm-hmm. the sense that it has to go and satisfactorily wrap up multiple characters' storylines that have been going on for 10 years, plus an entire like arc of superhero tales for the last 10 years, mm-hmm. too, and have some sort of definitive conclusion to what it's been building up to, and also be like somewhat entertaining in and of itself. Right. Um, and... It has a harder job uh, before it than Infinity War did. And I am actually, I kind of feel like over time, my opinion of Infinity War has lessened because I just feel like it was a two hour action movie and mm-hmm. it was entertaining like while watching it, mm-hmm. but there wasn't like a lot there. It, it, like the biggest risk it takes is at the very end. Right. Um, and the, it didn't really have like a, in my opinion, like a very coherent act structure. It was just kind of like. It was vignettes. Yeah. It was and, vignettes. Um, I, I found it very hard to watch rewatch okay this this i mean it's probably gonna be hard to rewatch because it's a three-hour movie yeah but but at the same time there's like very clear act breaks there and, are it is very cl- clearly three acts right three and, acts and, on an epilogue and, and while like i, I struggle to say it's like st- it can t- stand alone as something because it can't it it feels more like an actual movie like i don't mm-hmm. feel like infinity war was a movie okay Does that makes sense yeah to you? like it just it was like an event mm-hmm. um but it wasn't a movie. This so I like feel actually a movie. opposite. Really? Yeah. I feel like, in, so I watched Infinity War before, yeah. right before, literally like I, I watched the movie, ate breakfast, went to the movie theater. Yeah. Um, so I had the opposite reaction. Interesting. Yeah. And I didn't, uh, I was thinking about my initial reaction to Infinity War. I'd seen it twice in theaters and then I, this is my third time seeing it, but I hadn't seen it since it came out last year. Mm. And, uh, I still really liked it. I thought it was I I think that the vignette driven style of that movie helps it feel very propulsive. Oh, um, yeah. It's it, very fast moving. Yeah, it feels in it's a way a, that this doesn't. Yes, yeah. it's a two hour and 40 minute movie. It's only 20 minutes shorter than Endgame. Yeah, but it, it feels worlds different. Worlds like, different. Like an hour different. So what I was thinking about in comparison to Infinity War yeah. is that I think both of them represent... I think the two reasons why people are drawn to comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Infinity War represents uh, the... I don't know a way to say this without sounding pretentious, but like a headier, more 
quote unquote intellectual it's still like people in spandex fighting each other yeah, right? right like but when these stories are told at their highest level that you, i remember one of the things we talked about is it felt a little greek in the way like the references are and mm. and the, the 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 impact that the the events of the movie had on the characters like it felt mm. like a tragedy and it, it felt like you know it felt like when alan moore or frank miller or someone is writing one of these things and there's a lot of influences of philosophy and religion and a cataclysmic uh, yeah it feels like that. yeah it feels literally epic like it yeah. feels almost like an epic poem where it's just like events in these these right, mythic yeah. heroes lives described um in two hours and 40 minutes this one is uh i would argue the best comic book movie ever made asterisk in that it is not uh I don't want to say it's not a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, but it, it it's not the greatest comic book movie ever made in the sense that like Superman or mm-hmm. The Dark Knight could yeah. be. It is the greatest comic book movie ever made in the sense that it feels like you're reading an issue of a comic that's the wrap up to a, a big crossover event. Yeah. I don't know of a single movie that has made me feel like I'm reading a comic book more mm-hmm. than this movie. Interesting. Um, which is both its strength and its detriment. Um, so, but I think that there are people who read comics for that reason, for the weird Mm -hmm. team up, like, how does this all get sorted out and where do we go from here? Yeah. Thing that like, it nails the feel of reading and a multi-issue big crossover event between a bunch of characters. Um, there's, there's this Batman arc that I really like from Scott Snyder called death of the family. Mm -hmm. And it felt like reading the climax to that where it was like, uh, I haven't read, I don't read a lot of comics, so I haven't read the Infinity Gauntlet series. Um, but it did feel like, okay, we've done a lot with yeah. these characters. Like, let's just smash them together. Right, like, let's bring it all home. Bring it, yeah, let's bring it all home. There's like, it, but comic books are interesting because they have to keep going, yeah. right? And so they have to bring in a sense of finality with like also a sense of continuity mm-hmm. into it. Um, that works better in the pages of a comic book than it does in the the in the medium of film. However, I do think that having to be constrained to that in this medium, it does, like you said, the best it could have done. Yes. Um, and I think the characters that have a final ending, mm-hmm. they feel like they have a final ending. I feel like the characters... Um, that will go on. That will go on. Feel like they could go on. Yes. Um, I feel like everyone else felt like they were kind of at the end of their journey. Yeah. Um, uh, well, and I want to go off of just one thing that you were saying, which is like, I actually think that the Greek myth analogy works pretty well for both of these movies. Really? So I feel like uh, Infinity War is kind of like the Iliad. The Iliad mm-hmm. is just like the Trojan War. And then they have all these heroes, these Greek heroes and Trojan heroes involved in this big epic struggle. And all of this is just like a bunch of war like vignettes. Like mm-hmm. this guy went and did this against that right. guy, you know, for the entire epic poem. Right. It's basically just that. And then this one's kind of the Odyssey. It's about like... It's more intimate mm-hmm. in some... I mean, as, as intimate as, like, a cast of, like, 12 sure. characters can still sure. be. But, you know. Um, and it's kind of more like a singular journey that they're all going on. Rather, okay. than like, rather than, like, a bunch of, like, little things... Like, a lot of things are happening right. in this big battle that's happening. Because right. that's what Infinity War is. just a giant battle that's happening across, like, time and space. Yeah. Kind of. yeah, and yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is less that. It's more of a journey, I yeah. feel like. It's more contemplative. Uh, my favorite stuff in the movie is that first hour. Yeah, I was actually going to point that out. I think the first act is kind of the strongest. It's so good. Yeah, um, and that's actually a good transition into that. I like the fact that they spent, even though like, I might complain about the length of this movie a little bit, 
I like the fact that they kind of settled down and really focus on the ramifications mm-hmm. of like what the snap did to the world. No, it was universe. that was the smartest choice I think they made in the entire movie. Yes. Um I think seeing like how desolate things were, like the sound design of like some places, mm-hmm. like how the streets were quieter, like some a lot mm-hmm. of in a lot of the scenes, and obviously they showed it, it was more desolate and that sort of stuff. You had some like overhead shots of different places, drone shots, of, like right. it was a little more empty, but the feeling of kind of desperation and, and the fact that like, whoa, the world really did change um, was sold, I think, very effectively in that first hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting to watch like your heroes be kind of beat up over that. So I yeah. enjoyed that. No, I think that not only was it good for the next two hours to really feel rewarding yes. um, and like they were accomplishing something that did matter. Yeah. Um. I also felt like it was able to showcase like we have stars in this thing, man, right. like who can act, yes. you know, like they're it's not that they don't know what they're doing or they're just after this for a quick paycheck. Like these people give a crap. Yeah. And here's their moments to have that. Um, there's a scene early on with Tony that is, I think, the best acting he's ever done. Maybe mm-hmm. it's career best. Uh, it's where he has the panic attack when he's hooked up to the IV and he's yeah. in a wheelchair. Um, and it's just, you get so much of, of the, the pathos that has followed him from iron, from Avengers, Mm -hmm. the first one, um, through civil war. Right. So it's this culmination of all these things that he have been troubling him Mm -hmm. since he, since, since the first Avengers movie, right. The PTSD of seeing, you know, Thanos's army in space and then just the emotional, uh, disconnect from from steve and all of that kind of comes to a head in this one scene yeah and it's great it's legitimately yeah, great it's, it's really good it's really well written um it's really really well delivered by by robert downey jr um he's he's really good in this movie mm-hmm. uh i think everyone's pretty good in it man yeah well i was gonna point out the scene where like even like cap and uh natasha black widow are like just mm-hmm. talking like they're eating the peanut butter sandwich. oh yeah like yeah. I, I kind of just like seeing these characters. I don't want to say chill because I mean, like, the world's like ruined. Sure. But like, just kind of be normal people. Yeah. For like a little bit. Yeah. And, and like, I feel like that was kind of low key the best part of Age of Ultron was the part where they were on the farm. Like, oh, it totally kind of, is. Like, just talking about, or they were like, or they were there partying in the yeah, beginning of the movie. Totally. Like, just seeing them kind of be real people. Yeah. Um, and it humanizes them a lot. Um, it goes a long way to kind of endear them to you. Uh, so I agree with you. I think that the first act is actually the strongest. Yeah, it really is. And there's just like great little character interactions yeah. and moments that all these people, you know, it's just, it's a lot of fun watching these people who they're not like at the top of their game, right? They're not like winning Oscars and stuff. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but watching these people who know what to do, they know how to command a screen and they mm-hmm. know how to demand your attention, just kind of bounce off of each other. Right. Um, now, because of that, um, this first hour is some of the darkest stuff, if not the darkest stuff in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, it is not. Bleak. Yeah, it is not fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, which is another, I think, strength of this movie is it's a long time before there's an action sequence, like a proper one. I liked that. Especially, I did too. Especially after Infinity War, which was just action, 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 mm-hmm. action, like all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it needed some time to breathe. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like I needed some time to breathe in that movie, mm-hmm. but it makes me like this movie a little bit more, like, uh, like Infinity War a little bit more. Cause then this movie, like is, if you're watching these both together, mm-hmm. there's like this big, like middle section now where it can breathe yeah. and like 
kind of deal with the fallout. I mean, because even when they go to the other movies, there aren't really action sequences. No, like, I mean, they're like, they're doing stuff in the background of action yeah, sequences, but... Like, the most you get is, like, Captain America versus Captain America. Yeah. Which is pretty short still. Yeah. yeah so it's you, not you're waiting, like, two hours for, like, legit action yeah, sequence. No. Yeah, it's... it's I remember I having it. that thought where I was like, whoa, it's been a long time since, like, an action beat yeah. happened. Like, and, and that showed to me, like, a degree of confidence. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That because you know a lot of scripts are kind of written from like the standpoint of like we need to have like an action scene in like every ten pages or you know every ten pages you know and otherwise people are going to get bored and Mm -hmm. they like they knew that the drama of this was enough to kind of carry it through and yeah and be honest I think around the second act is when it it kind of falters maybe the most in some ways yeah because I don't know we can get into that in a second but but I did like the fact that it wasn't like a legitimate action sequence until close to the end yeah. Yeah, so that's the first act. The second yeah. act shows the time heist, which is so Tony and Cap reconcile. Tony yeah. invents time travel. Tony invents time travel. He basically tells them what to do and is like, "I don't want a part of this. Have Hulk figure it out." By the way, uh, in the interim, uh, in the in the five years, uh, Bruce Banner has figured out how to permanently be Hulk mm-hmm. while having the Hulk's brain or having the Hulk's brawn and banner's brain yeah. uh in the comics that he's called professor hulk um so he's just perma hulk now uh thor's fat yeah and depressed so thor's got a lot of ptsd and anxiety yeah which i want to touch on when you're done with uh-huh. the recap, um and so they need to convince him he's kind of an alcoholic living in a place living on earth in a place called new asgard which is actually straight out the comics um and Hulk and Rocket kind of recruit him back to the team. And so they all figure out where the six Infinity Stones are in recent time. Yeah. And then Tony decides he does want to be part of it because there is an off chance that he could save everyone. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he asks for it to not undo anything that he has currently, which means his daughter. So... They go back to... They basically split off into three teams. Yeah. Um, so... There's... Black Widow and Clint and Nebula and War Machine all go to the Guardians of the Galaxy universe. Yeah. And Clint and Natasha go to get the Soul Stone. Um, and then Nebula and War Machine go to get the Power Stone. And... Oh gosh, Thor and Rocket go yeah. to Thor the Dark World to get the Aether. And the rest of them go to the Battle of New York from the first Avengers. And there are three soul stones in New York at that time. Right. Um, which is what they decide to do. Um, and then it just kind of jumps between all three uh, or four of those teams yeah. who then split off into other sub teams like yeah. and have little adventures. And that's where it becomes a lot. Yes. That's where it becomes a lot. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like the closest comparison is like Inception in some ways during sure. this segment yeah. of the movie. It's kind of like there's multiple layers. Of, I mean, not yeah. really like there's different layers, but there's, right. there's different segments of things going on with different characters that you're right. following. And I think it's also kind of doing like they, they kind of dunk on the movie a little bit. But they're doing the little Back to the Future thing too. Yeah. By like having them interact with certain things in the past, which is fun, but it doesn't go as far with it as I think that they could have in some yeah. ways. It, it's kind of like a little half-assed. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it other than that. Yeah. Um, there's some fun that they have with it, but not not as much as you would have thought they would. Yeah. Um, it, 
but then there's some good payoffs still that happen with it. Like I feel like the okay, I feel like the New York segment, mm-hmm. like during the like Avengers one, mm-hmm. is kind of weak. Like there's mm-hmm. not like a lot of interesting stuff that happens. So like Hulk goes off by himself to but, go to the the Sanctum Santorum yeah. to, to get the time stone from the ancient one, and he just kind of hangs out. Yeah, it's kind of like just an exposition fest between mm-hmm. him and the ancient one. Yeah, like, about how like timeline work stuff. Yeah, but, which I still feel like they kind of violate. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh. But then, like, the stuff that goes on with, like, Cap and Tony during that segment and Ant-Man is kind of whatever-ish. Right. Um, but then that leads to Cap and Tony going back to 1940, which I think is... 1970. 1970, which I think was kind of strong, and I like yeah. that part of yeah, it. Yeah, I like that part, too. Because Tony deals with his dad, and Cap yeah. kind of gets to see Peggy. And, yeah. you know, like, there's a little bit more emotional resonance, I think, mm-hmm. to those events. So that segment kind of ends up redeeming itself through that. Yeah. Um, the Thor part was, I thought, actually pretty touching like yeah i liked the scene between him and frigga right yeah i like that a lot um however i i don't like where they took thor in this movie kind of by the end and i mean we could talk about it at the end at this recap i feel like it kind of wrecks his character in a way i keep going back and forth on it i keep like i'm really vacillating i to the point where if i see the movie again it's gonna be to figure out how i feel about thor's arc in this movie Yeah. yeah Because I get that. Yeah. But then I'm talking to other people and I'm like, I kind of get that too. Like, I don't know. Let me lay out the reason why I think it ruins it. And then maybe you can give like a rebuttal to it. Sure. If if you are so inclined. Um, I feel like the last couple of Thor movies were about like him assuming the mantle of being a king. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's definitely where Ragnarok ends. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think that that thing that Marvel sometimes does happens, which is that they like completely contradict the message of the last movie mm-hmm. <laughs> to go and further whatever like the main meta plot is right which is that then he goes and like has half of his people get killed by thanos right so he's and they so he's not really the king but then he kind of gets over it and he kind of like builds himself a new axe and he's mm-hmm. like a badass even the last movie was about how like he doesn't need a weapon like to be a king mm-hmm. and and then if anyone was like, nah, he needs a weapon and be, be depressed well, about it. And so he feels directly responsible because he took the Stormbreaker yeah. axe and hit Thanos in the chest. Yeah. And he thought that was the killing blow. Right. And then Thanos says, like, you should have aimed for the head. And right. he does the snap immediately after that. So Thor feels literally, like, immediately responsible for right. the snap. Yeah. Because he didn't go for the head. But, but to me, like, that doesn't seem like... This feels like a distinction without a difference, like, in, in the normal world. Like, hitting somebody in the fucking chest with an axe would probably also kill them. Sure. So, like, so the fact that you feel, like, guilt over, like, well, I should have known I should go for the guy's head when it's a freaking comic book movie. Like, this feels right. like a really arbitrary thing to me. But anyway, I get what he feels some survival's, survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. But where this movie ends up is that it's like, he doesn't need to be a king now. He just needs to be, like, who he wants to be. And, and that, like, is like, well... Ragnarok then like are you guys even following like the same arc now so yeah that's my big hang up with it yeah I actually really like the anxiety PTSD panic attacky version of Thor that we get in this um like the fat joke isn't oh he's fat it's that he is he's struggling with anxiety and depression in the result of this thing that he feels responsible for Mm -hmm. and I think that is actually consistent with the Thor we've seen in the previous movies because he doesn't like failing. Yes, I, I agree with that. And I think all that stuff is fantastic. I, I the, the where I go back and forth is the resolution of yeah. he's just like, well, going to go on a vision quest now. Right, yeah. and like, You're the king now, Valkyrie. Yeah. Bye. Like, ah, yeah, man. that I don't like. Uh, yeah, I just have big problems with that. And I also I kind of don't like 
and this is part of what Ragnarok did already, but I get that Chris, Chris Hemsworth has good comedic chops. Mm-hmm. I don't like how they've turned him into a joke. Sure. Over time. Yeah. Like, and Infinity War kind of corrected it, too. I mean, they yeah. used him for laughs, but, like, yeah. it was in keeping with his character, I yeah, felt yeah, yeah. like. This, it felt like he was a stooge sometimes, sure. man. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't no, really I get like it. where he ended up. But the only thing that makes it okay is that his character arc isn't done now. Like, yeah. Like, in the in the way that Caps well, or Iron Man... And he's Man's... also become, like, one of the most interesting characters in the MCU to me. Yeah. Like, and a lot of that has to do with Hemsworth has gotten really good at playing this character. Yeah, yeah. Really good at... And, and he's very malleable and flexible, mm-hmm. which in a way that, like, other characters aren't. So you can right. take him in a lot of different places. Yeah, yeah. And so, I think... So I also read a thing that Hemsworth had a really big hand in writing Thor. Mm-hmm. Um starting with Ragnarok not necessarily the script but like the character stuff yeah and the character stuff in Ragnarok even though it's buried between buried underneath a pile of jokes that just cut it off at the knees is really good yeah um and I think that's still in this movie actually Mm -hmm. but I do think it's it's buried under too many jokes and that resolution is questionable at best yeah and and it just kind of belies like the idea that this is all planned out like mm-hmm. the, when the movies like kind of cancel each other out sure from, like one to the next like almost instantly yeah you know it that's my problem with it is just right. like they act like some things are a big deal sometimes and then the next movie is just like yeah that wasn't a big deal or, right like, sokovia like accords or mm-hmm. whatever right in civil war and then it's like the next movie is like so what, what yeah like we're under the supervision of the government and we all signed up for this i mean not even mentioned right. you know and i get that sometimes like some of these things are just catalysts for other things or whatever but right. I don't know. I just had a big problem with it, with, especially with Thor. It kind of epitomized that issue. No, me. yeah. I think Thor's arc is the the weakest, arguably. But also, it's weird because it is it resolves the weakest, but it's one of the ones I liked the most watching it play out because yeah. I really liked the scene between him and Rene Russo. Yes. That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie and easily, I think, my favorite scene in the time heist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so the, the rebuttal I've heard against that and where and justification for where he ended up is that he is trying to be the king because he thinks that's what Odin wants, but it's still not who he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And I get that, but I don't think the movie goes far enough to illustrate that. Yeah. Um, Other than just saying it flat out. Which yeah. Is like, I mean, that that's like delivering a theme through like dialogue, you know, sure. not through like action. Yeah. You know? I'm also upset because they missed a huge opportunity to say he was playing Fortnite because he's playing Fortnite with Cork and Mike. Damn. All right. Well, now this movie is like a five out of ten. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I was like, "Come on, guys, call it Fortnite." Um, uh, I did like the kid's username though. The oh, what was it again? Noob Master sixty nine. Oh, yeah, I was like, good. "Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good." Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's the second act. They go and get the the time stones. Oh, Black Black Widow freaking dies. Yeah, uh, I hated that. I hated it in relation to like where the movie was at that point. Yeah, like I was, I don't, I felt like a little exhausted by the time high stuff. Yeah, by this point. Sure. And so it was a problem. Was like, all right, come on, like get get the last stone so we can get like this thing yeah. rolling. And then it's like you have this like kind of like extended philosophical debate. Like I don't want it. Like you know, I don't want you to die, but I don't want you to die. And and I don't know. It just 
I was just getting impatient by that mm-hmm. point. And so by the time like someone, one of them died, I was like, all right, finally, so we can go like move on. And right. Which is not like the kind of reaction you probably want to have to right. like someone who's part Mine of the was like, dying. Did they just ride her into a corner? Like it just felt like we don't really know what to do with you. Yeah. So. It, right. Like, let's, like let's go and draw straws. Like which one we're going to write out. Now. Yeah. We, you know? Yeah. Well, it, but it would have felt stupid to write out Clint. Yeah. Based on his, yes, like. He has a family that you need to have him reunite with. Yeah. That's his whole arc in this movie. Right. So it, that's the other thing is it feels perfunctory that she dies because we know it's going to happen. And it's not like, it's not this, it's not as well done as like the, the snap at the end of Infinity War, mm-hmm. because that, that was like a big criticism of like, well, you know, they're all coming back in the next one. And it's like, yeah, but it plays to these characters like uncertainty and then the first hour of this really doubles down on it and makes you feel that um this doesn't this feels like you it was gonna be ridiculous if hawkeye dies in this like it feels very much like okay we know where this is headed and not in the way of we know where this is headed with infinity war but Mm -hmm. the way these characters react make it meaningful yeah um it just felt like yeah we all kind of know that it has to be you in order for this arc to make sense yeah um so i didn't like that it just felt really just like i don't know you're disposable now and it's like she's one of the older characters in the mcu like yeah it just felt like um why does she go out like this i don't Uh, yeah i don't know like i I don't know i really didn't like it plus she's getting like a solo movie on the way and it's like oh so it's a prequel like that's stupid yeah I don't know. It, now, it, I was I was more okay with it than you, but I see where you're going mm-hmm. with it. Um, yeah, yeah, it was kind of a weird choice. <laughs> yeah. I. So, my understanding, which is limited, and I don't know if they're going to get this weird with it in the movies, is that these characters haven't necessarily died. Mm. They have gone into the Soul Stone. Right. So there's a pocket dimension within the Soul Stone, which is why we see Thanos and young Gamora at the end of the movie after the snap. Yeah, yeah. Potentially, there's that's how you write her back in, but then that seems like more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, at that like, point, that's just sort of like wait, like a layer of exposition that you have to go and deliver that no one wants to spend the time doing. Exactly. Like it feels yeah. like they were just like, we really don't know what to do with you anymore. Right. So bye. But it's not like her contract is up. Yeah. And the people whose contract is up had way better endings. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I just, I was really confused by that. It was, it was really off-putting to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that there were some repercussions and sure. in the sense that, you know, p- people did die in this. Sure. Um, it felt very sloppy and kind of like, I don't want to say perfunctory because it's, they still try to kind of take their time with it and not just like immediately kill her. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not like she just immediately jumps off and it was right, over. Right. You know what Bye. I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, like I feel like they did the bare minimum. Yes, to, like, exactly. To to make to make give her a send off. There's like, no weight to it. Yeah. There's no weight to it at all. Right, because the movie kind of like jumps right into the last act, like mm-hmm. immediately afterwards. Yeah. I, I would have preferred maybe if things had been reordered so that you that happened a little bit earlier, so you weren't so fatigued by the time it happened. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, it, it was a choice. I don't know if I agree with it. Yeah. Um, then the last act happens. And yeah. It's, it's just a battle scene. Yeah. It's, so they undo the snap. They right. they bring the which is fine. By the way, I yeah. don't like. It yeah, sounds yeah. like we're writing it off, but um, it's earned at this mm. point. You know, it's it's a forty minute scene, uh, and I think especially in the twenty one other movies leading up to this, 
this really feels like the victory lap you know yeah. this feels like the bringing it all home mm-hmm. um you know it starts with the original avengers fighting thanos mm-hmm. then doctor strange brings the people who were you know snapped out of existence back they all come in and it's this massive battle mm-hmm. between thanos's army and the avengers and the armies of wakanda and uh all the sorcerers um and all that stuff and it's fine yeah it, yeah i mean it, it's entertaining it, yeah it's a lot of cg nonsense yeah. um it, but it's you give a crap because of what it all means yeah so it, it, it it's enough like yeah. it, it was it was this moment where i was just like I'll let them have it you know yeah, like yeah. they they deserve to have some fun with this too yeah you know well you know to me the real like climax is like you watch like Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America like fight Thanos. Yeah, like you know, and yeah, before like the other CG armies like come, right? Um, and and the part you know where obviously Cap goes and gets the the, the hammer, hammer. And right? That was like okay, that yeah. that was great. Yeah, it, that like, played so good. Too. Yeah, you know, and and so while we might go and crap on some other aspects of things, but I mean it's hard to deny that was like something they've been building up for a while. And, yeah, and you know it felt momentous. Yeah, and personally speaking as like a captain america fan primarily mm-hmm. out of all these movies it was it was like a yeah but like it was also it was sweet to kind of see him get his ass handed to him too yeah. and get the shield broken like it mm-hmm. felt like there were real stakes for him yeah. in particular in this it in felt this like fight. he could die yeah. yeah like and it felt like any of them could kind yeah. of you know and so that's what i enjoyed um is it, it felt weighty during mm-hmm. that moment yeah it did um, it did and even when the army showed up it wasn't like okay, now, like, now is when we're gonna kill Thanos. Right. And they still didn't really, like, take him out, take him out. They just, they did what he did in the last movie. Like, Thanos was still pretty powerful. Also, uh, his weapon was sweet. Yes. His sword was dope. That thing was cool. I Uh, agree with you. Yeah. So there's there's really good stuff in it, man. It just, really long battle sequences don't do it for me, necessarily. Not anymore. Yeah, well, because I just feel like they, they can, they just feel kind of fake to me. Sure, like yeah. More than, more than, like, I mean, I know this is all fake, but it's right. just more than anything, this feels kind of, like, contrived. <laughs> like, you're not going to wow me by, like, compositing a bunch of characters yeah. like, together really anymore. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd rather play that video game than watch the cutscene. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think that, like, any sort of that kind of stuff has been lost after the first Avengers movie where they did the spinning around shot. Like, yeah. It was cool to see, obviously, like, you know, ten times that number. Sure. You know, I mean, it was... I liked it in Age of Ultron when they're in yeah, the little, oh, like, gazebo area. Yeah. I thought that looked really epic and cool. But, yeah. like... And I liked it in Infinity War because they were getting... They were losing. Yeah. So that was a neat little spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one... It just felt like they had to, which is fine. Yeah. Once again, completely fine. Like mm-hmm. I said, they they more than earned it over the course of these last 11 years. Yeah. Uh, I have no problems with it, but it also wasn't just like, hells yeah. Yeah, either. yeah. You know, it was just like, great, like, good for them. It felt like hells yeah when, like, like they had, like, Avengers Assemble. Yeah. Like, everything after that was kind of yeah. just, like, stuff. Yeah. Like, stuff happens, and, like, yeah. you get to see all these characters kind of do cool stuff. But yeah. But, like, I kind of compare it to, um, like, Return of the Jedi, where mm-hmm. you had, like, kind of, like, the multi-prong, like, battle at the end of that movie, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like, you know, that's kind of the finale for all of Star Wars up right. until that point, you right. know? And, you know, it felt like a little more desperate, like, mm-hmm. in, in during, like, the Battle of Endor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know obviously you got, like, Ewoks and teddy bears fighting, but 
like the space battle in particular, it kind of right. felt like a little bit more like, oh man, like they, you know, these guys could actually lose. And then right. by this point in the movie, it's like, nah, they can just steamroll. Like basically, right. The bad so guys. with that, do you think more main characters should have died? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Um, you you kind of just sense like this plot armor like around yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, I don't know who you would choose. Um. But maybe that's, like, why it should just kind of sometimes feel random. Like, you should feel like there's, like, some sort of callousness to, like, that yeah. that universe. Yeah. But I get that it takes away from, like, the crowning moment of awesome, right. you know? And I get that they want to, like, maybe focus the death attention on Stark. Tony, yeah. yeah that could be it, too. Because I could see that if someone else died, it would just be like, oh, now Tony's dead. Yeah. Right. And, like, Tony dying, I think was good because if you think about it this started with him yeah you know he he, this is his arc through and through from all of these movies he's the catalyst for this right Mm -hmm. um for all intents and purposes yeah no for sure um so i think bringing his story in for a landing like this is good Mm -hmm. um and i do see like if cap would have died too or before that like because who else are you gonna kill yeah that's the only one who's like kind of of consequence enough consequence to yeah to matter or be surprising right well not surprising we kind of suspected it was going to be one of those two but right yeah just having them split the death like total would probably not work yeah so it feels like you kind of you say like well you know especially when he's just like the two moments for me where i was like nobody died were when the compound gets blown up and when he's just like rain fire and it's just certainly like yeah and he has that braveheart moment with his his uh next in line where he's just like what about our troops and he's like so be it or whatever right. and it's just like every laser yeah and i was like what i know i was like what like somebody's dying yeah no somebody's dying in this yeah and that's like when you kind of just sense that the movie doesn't have enough time left at that point to yeah. like devote toward like individual other people dying besides tony like, right if that battle scene was another 20 30 minutes maybe you could maybe maybe i'm um, not sure though i don't because it seems like you have to restructure the whole movie yeah exactly yeah. exactly i think on paper we want it but i think in practice if it would have happened mm-hmm. it would have made tony's death lame yes. and tony's death i think really works yeah oh yeah so i yeah, without this being a completely different movie, I don't I don't see how you could kill anyone else. Yeah. So I kind of get it, but it also is just like if you think about it for a half second, you're like that's kind of stupid. <laughs> right. I mean, and, I mean the, the problem is that you keep, like I I've, I've always kind of thought like maybe like Wong could bite it. You know, like some like mm-hmm. someone like the ancillary yeah. like yeah. people, but then like they haven't been in the movie enough to like even make that register anyway. So like what, what War Machine, you... I think War Machine could have died. Yeah, that's true. He probably could have gone. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly do think that Hawkeye could have died if it hadn't been for the family. Yeah. The thing. You yeah. Know, it, or even kill Black Widow then. Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Or Hulk, kind of. Like, yeah. I don't know where they go with Hulk from here. Yeah. I don't it, I don't feel like he can have much more of a role in this. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of played out. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah. I don't know. It, it is whatever. But then it leads to Tony's death, which is legitimately great yeah 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 yeah. so we get our first major major character death you know one yeah. of the big six mm-hmm. one, um, one of the point of view characters yeah really, yeah know? 
um in in tony you know he he snaps his fingers oh there's a great moment i want to talk about Mm. uh tony and peter reuniting yeah um really good you know we all kind of it was something we all wanted and i thought it delivered really well on it um you know, he gives him the hug, which is the culmination of even in Spider-Man Homecoming where he goes for the hug and he's like, it's not really a hug. Like, yeah, I'm just getting the door for you. And it's like, hey, like, you know, it, it, it feels appropriately. Yeah. Um, and then. <clears throat> yeah. So Tony goes up to the Infinity Gauntlet that Thanos is wielding after it has been unsuccessfully. They were going to throw it in the quantum realm, right? Was that what they were going to do? think so so they're gonna throw it in the quantum realm but the 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 lakukaracha van gets blown up which i thought was a great moment yeah um and uh thanos ends up with the stark infinity gauntlet puts it on and then it becomes sort of a much more desperate attempt of getting the gauntlet off of him than Mm -hmm. it was in the first one than it was in infinity war when they're fighting him on titan because he doesn't have all the stones yet yeah so there's some real stakes in that, mm-hmm. I thought. And I thought it would played really nicely, even though you know they're going to win. But it yeah. just, it did feel like, oh, crap. Like, it's getting close. Yeah, it's, this, this is, like, it is go time. Like, this is, this is when we need something to happen. Yeah. So Tony goes, grabs Thanos' hand, kind of wrestles with him and makes him think he's pulling the gauntlet off. Is actually pulling the stones off and puts them in his suit. Uh... Thanos delivers some line I don't remember it's and like, then no, it's about how he's uh, I am inevitable oh yeah, yeah 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 which is a badass villain line yeah it is and uh then Tony goes to his phrase from the end of Iron Man 1 where he says I am Iron Man and he snaps uh it's too much power for a human to handle mm. and he dies yeah. and he dies in the presence of Pepper and Peter and was there I think there's one other character probably War Machine makes sense yeah probably (laughs) um and and cap's kind of standing back there yeah yeah yeah. and uh i really liked that he just kind of died yeah he didn't get a big no remember me speech Mm -hmm. moment yeah or like the it was like it it was all for this Mm -hmm. moment that he got to deliver pepper gives him the you know um you can rest now, you know, yeah. talking about his, his PTSD and nightmares and stuff. And like, we are safe. You can rest now. Um, he's accomplished his goal of protecting the, the, the universe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was, I thought it played really great. Yeah. So did I. And they got to go and have their cake and eat it too, because he got to go and give a speech post. Which feels appropriate. Lady, right. Feels super appropriate. Yeah. Um, but, um, it, it was good that they kind of just let that moment sit. Um, yeah. Yeah. They didn't undercut it with a joke. Yeah. Oh, man. I was like, I was dreading. I I didn't think that they would, but like, if it had been Ragnarok, they would have like dropped dropped the joke. I feel like they could have done it with a joke if he would have said something snarky. Yes. If he would have have gotten a joke, it would have been okay, I think. Because that that feels in line with him. But it also feels very in line that his... He would want people to remember him as like an A, you know, like as the lively, you know, playboy version of Tony Stark Mm -hmm. or whatever that version of him looks like, you know, in the domestic life. Um, So he gets the hologram. We get a funeral for him. We see every major character at the funeral, including the kid from Iron Man 3. Yeah. Um, Most people did not recognize. Nope. I see on social media like, who was that guy supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Nick Fury's there. Mm -hmm. Um you know, they send his proof that Tony Stark has a heart, uh, first arc reactor down the river. 
his daughter gets a really good moment with happy um mm-hmm. that's a callback to the original and uh that is the first moment that really like got me where mm-hmm. i was just like ooh, like that that hit a nerve with mm-hmm. me um because this all starts with john favreau yeah you know and so to see him get a moment in this movie i was like made me really happy mm-hmm and that's where I got like a little misty where it's like, oh man, like that's super cool that they like, he's got to feel so much pride in yeah. this right now. Like that's got to be so cool for him. And like delivering the the lines about the cheeseburgers. Um, for some reason, him eating a cheeseburger at a press conference is one of the moments I remember the most about Iron Man 1. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I think it always stuck out to me that it's super weird that he went to Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Yeah. Because nobody yeah. chooses to go to Burger King, especially when you've been a freaking prisoner of war. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess anything would taste good. Probably. So, yeah. whatever. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Couldn't he have gone to In-N-Out? He's in Malibu. I know. Anyway, so that's that's like a, this weird little moment from Iron Man 1 that has always stuck with me is him like pulling burgers out of his pocket and eating them during a press conference. Yeah. Uh, so to see that like kind of get a shout out, I was like, oh, that's a weird little, not that it's an obscure thing because no. it's the, like the beginning of it, but it's also not like the moment you think of when you think of Iron Man. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was where I was like, oh, I am not fine. Got it. And yeah. then I was fine. And then they, there's, they have to resolve this time travel BS of... We have to put the stones back yeah. uh, to the exact moments in time where they came from or else alternate timelines are going to happen. Right. And then, uh, but Cap- Captain America is going to do it and he's going to be back in five seconds, our time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they count down to five seconds. It's it's uh, Bucky, Falcon, and Hulk. And they count down five seconds and he doesn't show up. And then there's an old man on a bench. And they realize that's probably Steve. So, uh... Bucky and Falcon kind of go and Bucky tells him, go ahead. And Sam goes and talks to him and they have a little moment where he talks about, you know, while I was in the past, I thought I'd try some of that life that, uh, Tony was always talking about. And, uh, you find out he got married, mm-hmm. uh, presumably to Peggy and in that moment, presumably yeah. to Peggy, we get confirmation on that in the very next scene. And he passes the shield to Sam to become new captain America. And, uh, then we get to see Peggy and Steve have their dance yeah. finally. And that's the last moments of the movie. So what did you think about all that? The the epilogue stuff? Um, I think as far as epilogues go, it was pretty well done. Like, yeah. It didn't feel like it went on forever. Like Lord Return of the Rings. Of yeah, it did. Oh, this caused an argument in our car. on uh, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I think You're right, by the way. Y- yeah. Um, I mean, partially because then used a gratuitous amount of fade outs. That's exactly, <laughs> that was exactly my argument. <laughs> um, and they did not go and use a white fade out to, to differentiate the previous ones. Yeah. And then go proceedly to another scene and, <laughs> And then fade out to black. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it didn't feel as, as long. Yeah. Um, and I understand even in Lord of the Rings, like, well, you kind of need to wrap up people's sure. story. I mean, you know, it, like, you spend nine hours with these people or whatever. Right. You need kinda... But I think I think it's the fade outs. I legit think yeah. it's the fade outs. It, it, it's more of an editing mistake, <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah. Because um, like, a fade out, like, goes and signals something to the audience. Yeah. And they... Because I it. still remember people being like, oh, uh, oh. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, you just kind of feel like this, like, tension rising yeah. in each one that they did. And yeah. 
And, like, I just remember distinctly, like, by the time the white one happened, and then, like, it cut back to Sam writing the book, there was a guy who was, like, halfway up, and he was just like, fuck it. And he just, like, walked out. Dude, you know? my dad went to pee. He was like, this is this is the end, so yeah. I'm going to go pee. And then it was 20 minutes later, and he was yeah. like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So he just walked back in and watched for, like, another 10 minutes, just standing off yeah. to the side, like, surely this has to be over. That so. guy didn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> in my instance. So, um... So I don't know how, like what the length of either of those two were, but this one felt shorter. It did. You know what I mean? Um, it, but anyway, beyond just that, I think it was a good send-off to, you know, to Tony, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a, a funeral is always, like, a good way to kind of deal with, like, yeah. saying goodbye to people. Yeah. Um, and it's a nice reason to get everyone together. in a shot, yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's an organic reason to get everyone right. together. Um, so that was good. Um, the Tony, the Cap stuff... Um, I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I in the sense that like I kind of wanted him to die, but I understand why like they can't have both him and Iron Man die in yeah. the same movie, kind of thing. And, and but they still obviously want to have their cake and eat it too, in the sense that like they want to like get rid of him, like get get him off the table right. for any future right. movies. Well, Chris so, Evans wants that, I think, yeah, more than right. anyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they would love to have him. Yeah, you know, um, until infinity, um, but. You know, and they they want to give him a happy ending. Yeah. And so this is the most logical choice, probably. That being said, like, I had some real hard time, like, dealing with it in terms of, like, plot hole, like, kind of reasoning, which is... So are we meant to, like, think that for the entire time there's been two Captain Americas? Like, there's been one living in the past the entire time mar- married to Peggy and, like, he's, he's, he's just, like, sat back for, like, 70 years while, like all this crap around the world may have happened. And you know what I mean? So, cause I've seen like different debates on this. Yeah. I don't think he sat back and yeah. here's why I think one, he doesn't have a shield when he goes back and he has one when he's talking to Sam. True. He takes Mjolnir in lieu of a shield. Yeah. And he comes back and he's got a shield. So he got a shield at some point. Good point. Which to me signals he was doing Captain America stuff. So to me, he just found a work-life balance. It, yeah. Um, that's the, that's what I choose to go with. That's, that's like my head canon. Yeah. And, and that makes me satisfied then. Cause it's like, yeah. oh, he was doing, he was doing secret shadowy stuff. Yeah, know, exactly. Like, to influence history exactly. or whatever. I don't think he just like sat back. Yeah. Like, I, I, I still want to think that was like, yeah, segregation was happening. And he was just like, no, well, there's no way to resolve this. Or, you know, like the cold war is happening. It's like, whatever. You no, know? there's no way. Yeah. There's it, no way. It and like, it doesn't seem like it's fitting in with his character. It doesn't seem know? like it's fitting with his character. And like I said, I think the shield is enough for me to get there. Right. And I think that's what it's supposed to signal is like okay. he was captain america like right. how he leaves with a hammer comes back with a shield like right. he's got to get that he wasn't just like plus hey can i get this for old time's sake to put over the mantle and yeah. not do anything with yeah. okay that's fair i mean i've heard some people go and say like no he actually like went into like an alternate timeline and he just lived his life there and then came back to like the the main one because like i don't think there's anything in the film that supports that so it is. A, this was my original thing before yeah. I made the connection with the shield. Yeah. Because uh, that's much simpler. Right. My thing is like he had to put the soul stone or the whatever stone back. Mm. Space stone. He had to put the space stone back in 1970 where they got the Pym particles. He could have introduced himself to, you know, Pym then, grabbed some Pym particles, went back to and married Peggy and then kept, you know, knowing what important things he needed to be, kept the timeline straight. Yeah. Um, there was a headcanon I had of that. And then I realized the shield thing. And yeah. I was like, oh, no, he probably just went back to 1945 and just, like, was Cap. Right. Like, or yeah. whatever. Like, 
I don't know. It was enough for me to get around that. Yeah. And I think that's the point. I think I think it is. The only other problem I have with it is like, so wait, you mean to go and tell me that this guy who was, was pretty much like world renowned for being a World War II hero settled down in his life with Peggy and nobody in his family noticed that he bore a resemblance to Captain America ever, including mm-hmm. his eventual niece who made out with him. Like, sure. Like that, I don't know. It just... Meanwhile, he, he let Peggy, like, work with on in S.H.I.E.L.D., despite knowing that S.H.I.E.L.D. became HYDRA, or mm-hmm. it was a, a kind of an outlet of HYDRA still. There's just some weird things, but I don't know if they really thought this through, and they just, like, decided to avoid all of it, it just to, for the sake of giving him a happy ending. Because, like, yeah. cause at the end of the day, it's like he deserved it, and that's kind of the overriding factor behind I, all of this. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, yeah. I think it's... They're not... You're not meant to think about it that hard, yeah. I think. like. Yeah. Because any any time you introduce any time you introduce time travel anything there's it's gonna break down eventually like any time travel thing is gonna have a handful of moments you can point to and be like wait a minute this like I mean hell if you want to do that like you can even be like how does he reconstruct the tesseract yeah to contain the space stone back in 1970 right yeah you kind of just gotta be like "Eh, did did he go and like meet red skull and give him the soul yeah that's yeah yeah. (laughs) no that's the part that's the deleted scene i want is him showing up to that planet and uh red skull coming out and him being like <laughs> and then Red Skull just being like Joker in the nurse outfit who's just yeah. like hi. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, you're not I think meant to think about it too much. Yeah. Beyond, beyond just like the emotional resonance. Yeah. Of and I think that's fine at that yeah. point because they don't bring any attention to it. Like this right. is this is purely brought about by this culture of nitpicking every last yeah, one of these things. Right. And, and that's something that I don't really want to do sure. too much. Um, but it did kind of, I won't lie, it did kind of bother me sure. a bit. Um, but at the same time, like, it was kind of worth it. Does it matter? That. Yeah. Does it, it ultimately matter? It doesn't matter. And it was kind of worth it still mm-hmm. to, like, end his arc that way. Seeing him and Peggy dance got me. Dude, yeah. it got me. Like, that was the moment where I was like, ooh, I'm super not fine. Yeah. Like, the right. hamburger thing, I was like, hey, I'm not as fine as I thought I was with the end of this movie. And then uh, I, I regained composure. And then when I knew we were going to see them, because I was kind of, I think it would have been great if he would have been like, you want to tell me about her? And he was like, I don't think I do. Yeah. If that would have faded to black. But I knew they were going to give us the dance. Yeah. I knew they had to. And then, like, watching that happen, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> like, I was I was prepared for this, but I was not prepared for this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the right way to end his character. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, it He deserved it. Yeah. Like, he, he didn't have, like, a life, really. You yeah, know? And, yeah. And so it, it felt right to go and end it there. And, you know, as I've said previously, he's, like, my favorite character. So I'll Sure. And I think it illustrates that. a really good c- closure to his arc with Tony as yeah. well, um, where... Tony rubbed off on him, right? So they, they rubbed it on each other. Yeah, 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 exactly. Tony rubbed off on him, and he rubbed off on on Tony. Where it's right. like, you know, he he tells him in one of these Avengers movies, like, you're not the guy who's gonna lay your body down on a wire and let someone else walk over you. And Tony becomes that guy. Yeah. And Tony's whole thing is like, calm down, yeah, man. You like, you need to have a life. Yeah. You, know, like, you need to stop being a soldier and fighting all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's kind of cool how they end up in opposite places. Yeah, so I yeah, agree. where it's like they both see each other's point of view finally. Like, yeah. they're neither one of them is totally correct mm-hmm. in their hardline view. Yeah, um, but they're both noble. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that was a really good way to kind of bring that around where it's like, they're not wrong. They're not totally right either. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of good that these both of these men have done. Yeah. That is undeniable. But at the same time, they still have their flaws. Like they're mm. still people yeah. who ha- just happen to have these abilities. Right. And I think that's a really good humanizing moment to end this specific saga on. Yes. Um. All that said, what now? Yeah. Um. I I'm personally feeling like. This is kind of like a good jump off point for me. Yeah. I, d- I mean, I'm sure this, this podcast, I'm sure will continue yeah, <laughs> in yeah, some yeah. form or whatever, you know, right. um, and, and we will have to cover these movies. Yeah. 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 We're not going to not see them, especially for if we're doing the podcast. But like, I, I certainly kind of don't care. I don't give a crap. <laughs> yeah. I don't like, give a crap. I mean, to be honest. Yeah. I just, I don't care. Like the, the two characters I cared about the most are, have both been written out now. Yeah. You know? Um, I got to see a pretty satisfactory ending. I mean, I, something I have to give credit to is they did not tease jack shit. You know, really. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. With um, the ending of this one, like there's actually another secret, more powerful bad guy, Galactus, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, it just feels like, like everyone's and, gonna hang out for a minute. Right, like, yeah, and, and it, it felt like it was like a definitive ending. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously people are gonna go off on adventures and do stuff, but it's right. not like a, a sense of like there's an impending doom coming. Yeah, know? I mine is obviously this isn't going to happen. Yeah. I hope they end it. <laughs> um, <laughs> clearly not. These things print money. Yeah. Why would they end it? It just made a billion dollars in a couple in three days. days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's no real good reason to end it right. when they're still making this much money. Um, I hope they pump the brakes a little bit. I hope they just like Same. let people hang out. Like yeah. I just want like I want every movie to feel like Guardians 2 now. Yeah. For like a while. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like people hanging out, doing right. stuff. And, and, and the stakes are a little bit lowered again. Yeah. yeah. Like, no world ending threats. Certainly not any galaxy ending threats. Yeah. But, you know, just kind of cool it a bit. Yeah. Bring it know? down. Like, get, you know, let let uh, Spider-Man have his European vacation. Right. You know. Yeah. Deal, um, dealing with the fact that all of him and his friends got dusted and now they're still the same age. and it, Sure. And like the world is still kind of like basically back to normal despite that horrific event happening and all the societal upheaval that would come from like a three billion people coming back to earth but anyway sure yeah uh (laughs) you know let i don't really want thor to be part of the asgardians of the galaxy don't really want i want that i want that to be like a comic book thing where it's like he's with them at the end and then guardians 3 picks up and it's just like like, he's he's gone i kind of like seeing the interaction between them but if it's gonna further like the jokification of thor i'm not so sure yeah or heavily connect that and thor 4 yes yeah well you know here's the thing like i think that james gunn could have a lot of fun with thor so that's why i'm a little bit more that's on the true side of like that's true and i think taika watiti could have a lot of fun with the guardians true so i'm i'm a little bit more okay with it but i i get how you feel about yeah. it as well yeah um, um you know let black panther deal with like politics yes. between him and namor because they tease him in this movie mm-hmm. right like it you know because then you introduce the underwater people like Give them time to breathe. Let, you know, Captain yeah. Marvel have another adventure in the past in right. space somewhere. Yeah, and, I just don't want to see, like, a lot of these, like, crossover yeah. like, things like, happening. Let it while. breathe. Bring Fantastic Four in in a few movies. Mm-hmm. And then, like, let's That's do the crossover it. event. Yeah. After that. But, yes. like, give all these characters who went through Infinity War one inconsequential movie to the larger yes. MCU narrative. Mm-hmm. And then... Or, like, maybe just, like, start, like, a little bit in the post credit scenes, and yeah. that's all. 
Right. With the exception of Thor and Guardians. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Um, I think they have a big problem to overcome in the sense that I don't think there's anyone who has the kind of dynamic that Captain America and Iron Man have. Yes. Be, like between each other and then also just kind of... The I think there are characters that stand on their own. I think Peter stands on his own. Yeah. I mean, Black I, Panther's obviously good. Yeah. You know? I think Black Panther stands on his own. But like Captain Marvel's going to be the well, face of the future and... Thor and, uh, I, I can see Star-Lord based on how they've, like, made him grow up. Yeah. Right? Because, like, even in this movie, you see them go back to Guardians 1, and you get the different perspective on the opening where it's just, like, some dipshit singing yeah, into a lizard, which yeah. I thought was a great bit. That was a good choice. Yeah. Um, and, like, even War Machine's just like, so he's an idiot? Nebula's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, you know, and, but it also put in a, uh, pun not intended, stark perspective where yeah. he's come from, like, in just a couple movies mm-hmm. um, to this. And I think Chris Pratt has done nothing but grow into that character because I, like, thinking about how excited I am for Guardians of the Galaxy 3 mm-hmm. versus how much I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing that they turn me around on Oh, them. yeah, definitely. Because it's, it's, that is one of my lowest tier Marvel, Marvel films. I it's, that movie's really overrated. It's super overrated. However, Guardians 2 is in my top five. Yeah, it's pretty close. It's so good. Um, yes. I don't, I don't know if... I don't see him headlining it. I think they're trying to set up Captain Marvel and quote-unquote make her happen uh, man I are they I, though yeah that, i think they've pretty much have said as much like i'm pretty sure feige said something like that sure and i don't know man given her showing in her solo movie and then this one she didn't have much to do in this one though. yeah she didn't do anything really except well, take out the spaceship like, right it will and that's the thing is you run into the Superman problem with her, which is yeah. that she trivializes everything. So they have to go and write her out of yeah. the vast majority of this film to make it even work. Yeah. You know, um, I think they're going to have big problems with that. And what I about Sam and Bucky? They're having their own like Disney Plus show. Yeah. I think they're kind of done. You think and, so? I mean, maybe. Even with Sam up. being a, a Captain America now? I don't know, man. I, maybe. I don't, I don't see like a solo sam movie happening do you i don't no. know yeah so i don't know what they're going to do with them now besides just having their like a tv show that goes right. on and the problem is i think they've gotten the threat so big that like a bunch of kind of like normal powered ish dude well i mean sam sam's oh no sorry bucky's not so but, i think what you do is yeah. like i said just let them breathe let them yeah, all yeah, have yeah. like this is getting too in the weeds but, i yeah, think i picture. i think I think, you know, you let Spider-Man have an adventure. You give Black Widow her prequel. You, yeah, you, you know, do a Black Panther movie. Do a Black Panther movie. Let him interact with Namor. Right. Because then what you do, the buildup then mm-hmm. is you build up to Fantastic Four and Galactus. Yeah. That's the bigger than Thanos threat. Right. Then you're in a real problem after Galactus. Um, yeah, but that's like 10 years from now. Yeah, so that's we'll, a lot. We'll yeah, out. that's plenty of time, yeah. you know. Um, but I think that's the move now. And then you let Reed Richards be in charge of the Avengers, mm-hmm. you know, and... I, I don't know who you get to bounce off of him. Pun not intended because he's stretchy and bouncy. But, you know, I think that's the big move because I know Faggy is really excited about having them back. Yeah. So I think that might be mm-hmm. the 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 move is slowly, you know, kind of treat either Spider-Man or whatever's next. Mm-hmm. Black Panther 2, maybe, yeah. um, as like an Iron Man 1. And just kind of like slowly build to this Fantastic Four movie, give mm-hmm. Fantastic Four a movie, then build that around them, I think. Um, I think you get a lot of the good 
will from yeah. fans on that because they've they are a fan favorite character set that hasn't been done very much justice in film <laughs> no. so well, and they also have i mean i have no opinion of this character but dr doom who's a great villain according to other people you sure know, who, who could be their next loki who shows up yeah in multiple movies yeah and then obviously you have the x-men waiting in the wings yeah too, you yeah know, and you can just bring them out whenever yeah i mean you go and recast those people and we, yeah it, there's a lot of room for stories right there you yeah know? so there's a future there. Yeah. Um, I just hope they take it slow. Yeah. And I just, I kind of don't know how much I fundamentally care. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they'll be good. You know, yeah. I mean, they, they've proven themselves yes. at this point that, you know, even the worst of these isn't a train wreck. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only thing I wouldn't necessarily be looking forward to is Captain Marvel too. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Same. That's pretty good for like a roster of, yep. you know, and they're going to do like the Eternals, which is like weird mm. God thing. People like, right. There are there are other bigger places to go in the MCU. Uh, I just don't know where you go after them. Yes. That's when you're really going to get a problem. But like you said, if they tease this out another 10 years with, you know, two more Spider-Mans, two more Black Panthers, right. even two more Captain Marvels, like, and then a Fantastic Four movie, and then, you and know. Doctor Strange 2. Doctor Strange 2, you know, yeah. and another Thor, and another Guardians, like. That's. That's plenty of time yeah. to build up to something, and I. I to me, like, Feige's such a smart businessman. Mm -hmm. It seems like, like, he's got to know what the move is yeah. for these things. They got plenty of time to figure it out, even if yeah. he doesn't, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, hey, and in the end, you know, now that we're kind of, kind of wrapping up a lot of things, like, the experiment worked. Yeah. You know? Like, hats off to them. They made 10 years of this stuff worth it. And, yeah. And they didn't, and, and they didn't like they didn't like like fall that like ends with a thud you know no it, no they it, stuck it, the landing they stuck pretty the well landing you know yeah well and here's the thing they made fans along the way like it yeah. wasn't just like i remember you were a decided non-fan yeah i was a hater yeah for sure for a while <laughs> a long t like up until about like phase like midway through phase two yeah winter soldier so, is where you started to turn around that's where i started to turn around yeah, that plus Guardians, even though I don't really think that highly of Guardians, it was like, oh, all right, this is like different. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, right. they're taking some risks now. They're not just making like these generic origin hero movies. Right. They're doing something more now. Right. So, yeah, th that's a pretty long way for me to come. Like, yeah, I don't know if people have noticed on this podcast, but I have pretty hard set opinions on things. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the I always look at this phase three mm -hmm. or these first three phases as like the like i look at you specifically mm -hmm. when i think of these where it's just like man they did something right along the way like yeah they must have they had to have i mean they, i still kind of stand by my opinion that phase one is kind of weak and sure and like these movies aren't that right. great right 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 but they they took what was kind of a flawed base and they made it good yeah you know, in my in my opinion right. you can say they always had the good foundation yeah that's my argument right is I, I i really like most of those origin movies yeah um but they have gotten better too like mm -hmm. i i like a lot i like iron man one a lot i mm -hmm. like uh thor a lot i think the yeah. first thor is outstanding actually like I, I, I think that movie has aged really well yes same uh i think captain america the first avenger is a really solid movie um but, which is something i've come around on as well and that's the thing is i think seeing all these arcs through their completion makes me appreciate where they came from a little bit more yeah um so i, I won't lie but that being said 
uh, I think with the exception of Thor, I like the sequels better for almost like Thor is my favorite Thor movie, mm. but Winter Soldier is my favorite cap. Uh, mm. I know it's controversial, but Iron Man three is my favorite Iron Man. Like Guardians two is my favorite Guardians. Yeah. You know, these are movies that have improved even as someone who started out as a fan and bought into it hook, line and sinker from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I think they've only gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know, it's the, it's, it is rare to look at sequels and be like, that's the best of these. Yeah, that's for sure. No, they've they've definitely blown up like the the second one is the best one and the third one is the worst one like kind of stereotype yeah. like I mean I don't think that Iron Man three is that great but right. I, I understand the argument why it is good mm-hmm. um you know I don't think that Ragnarok is necessarily the best one but like if you look at these movies as being more like it's not really like Ragnarok is the third Thor movie it's like the fifth Thor movie you yeah know what I'm like, that's true like, like the typical like trilogy idea of anything right. is, is blown up by these like right. they, they can be varying in quality and everybody can have a different favorite one so yeah that speaks to something like there's not like an outright crap one besides maybe like one you know right. that so the fact that we can have a difference in opinion show that they're doing something right yeah they have different qualities that appeal to different people but no one's gonna argue too hard on it either yeah is the thing is like that the fan base hasn't gotten toxic yeah like so, amazingly I, yeah i mean that's a pretty much an amazing accomplishment <laughs> yeah like everyone's in agreement like and it's having a good time with this yeah like unlike you know star wars where that fan base is miserable now, yeah you know yeah it, Everyone. everyone, everyone, everyone on the people yeah, who hate it now, the people who right. love it now, everyone yeah, you know, is pissed off, right? You know, like, and, and like I'm like on a decided like side you know, right. in, in this debate, but like I don't like discussing it. Period anymore with most people. Mm-hmm. It just it's just so bad now, right? Um, well, uh, yeah, and then the people in the middle, like me, like are just like uh, right walking on eggshells around everyone. Right. Of, like I thought it was okay yeah this was pretty good but like well, you're that, wrong well that, you should love it more okay well yeah, that's like the way that like most of these series have gone though yeah i mean harry potter is now in the same state you know yeah. it, man the, there's people who still love harry potter in every variation but oh you're a dummy yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> you know it, but then if fantastic you're still on board these fantastic beast movies you're you're an idiot person yeah <laughs> yeah that's the real crime right there. yeah yeah <laughs> uh, the cry the crime of the un or the very forgiving fan base I <laughs> yeah know. um um i think supernatural has that yeah um i don't know too much about their fan base mm-hmm. but I, they seem like they're all still having a good time yeah <laughs> um right they, they seem fine but the fact that you have to like kind of dig that deep though into like other yeah. things it, yeah yeah i mean i think those are the only two i can think of yeah where everyone's just kind of like yeah this is good you know and, and look there's they're not high art you know yeah but, yeah yeah but you know what? Everyone's having a good time. And yeah. it's kind of hard not to like get a little bit hyped up now. They're fun to watch. Movies. Yeah. Like, they're fun to watch and they're fun to talk about as yeah. part of the larger cultural conversation. I, I don't dread talking about them. Like, yeah. I kind of dread seeing them in, mm-hmm. in a way, but like, just because it's like, oh, another superhero movie. But right. that, it's not like this ever unenjoyable to talk about. Yeah. And I think there's something to that. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot to that. And I think that's why the w- this has worked for three phases and yeah. 21 movies, 22 mm-hmm. movies, and still has a, like some sort of legs. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think you don't get to a billion and a half dollars by just being fine. Right. You know, like not unless you're Avatar. But that yeah. was the first one. Right. You know, like I let's see Avatar 2 do Avatar 1 numbers. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't see it. I don't know. I can't imagine it. If it does, James Cameron made a deal with the devil. 
Yeah, that's the only thing. But then again, I feel like he made one with the first Avatar because I, I still don't understand. It's not a good understand. movie. It's not a good movie. Um, like, how can a movie make like two billion dollars, but like leave no cultural imprint? Like yeah. at all? Like, do you, I don't understand that, man. Yeah. Like, there's not a single. I can't tell you what the characters' names are. Jake Sully. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, I can't, like, what's bad what, general? Uh, bad general. Um, Blue chick. Unobtainium is more of a character name sure. that I remember than anybody else. Um, I can't remember a single line from that movie that resonated. Like, there's nothing in our culture that like signifies anything that like yeah. Avatar has achieved. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Like, yeah. Did, did we like all go crazy in 2009? I'm convinced we went crazy in 2009. Well, I remember seeing it and being like, this? Right, yeah. <laughs> this is what we're free. All right, sure. Yeah. I will gladly have in-game going, like, if it can beat Avatar 1. Oh, you know, it you, definitely will. And I will be much happier with that result. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I don't I just get don't, it. Like, it's got its own land at Disney World, man. Yeah. How? I, I, I don't know. Because trees... Stuff. sure i i don't know man it's the most baffling like events in like cultural memory but i mean same token these don't do billion dollar numbers those mission impossible movies still keep coming out and yeah. people still like them and they've had almost no cultural impact you know yeah, they no, like right. they don't have the effect on you know conversation at large the way like even the fast and furious movies do yeah I think maybe the cultural impact that Fast and that Fast Mission Impossible has is like it gets people talking about how crazy Tom Cruise is. Like, yeah, I do think that's becoming now an element of them, yes. like that the people kind of like remember yeah. now. But yeah, it's like going to the circus, right? Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't something that like existed up until about like the fourth movie, and then mm-hmm. that became like the thing yeah. that people talk about. Now, whether or not that's like quite on the same level as anything else, like, right? I don't know if you ask most people on the street what like tom cruise's character's name is they probably be able to tell you right you know right. i had to think about it for a second right well yeah. you know like, like tom, and i love those movies yeah tom cruise is his name right you know? yeah um so before we go and wrap up everything there was one thing i wanted to touch on okay i know we're just like we're blowing up a nice little bow that sure we had. so killing thanos in the movie uh-huh. um was a choice mm-hmm I think it was the wrong choice okay. from the standpoint of uh, killing present day Thanos right, and right. bringing his past right. version. Because you got to go spend an entire movie with present day Thanos and understand mm-hmm. him and his relationship and his motivations and, and see him interact with the characters that we know. You go and kill him and you bring in as the bad guy for the last act of like 10 years worth of Marvel movies, a guy who like basically gets rela- related to the Avengers through YouTube videos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. Like, he doesn't really have a connection with those guys besides what he sees through Nebula's video. Like, mm-hmm. they're just, like, these, like, assholes who are, like, blowing up his future him's plans. And but he knows who they are. He, he, well, yeah, he knows of them, true. Yeah. Yeah, but he hasn't interacted with them. Like, sure. this, not this Thanos, you yeah. know what I mean? I think that was a weird choice. I would have preferred, personally, if they had, like, had present-day Thanos somehow live enough to, like, see them messing with, like, the the things mm-hmm. the plans that he made mm-hmm. and he has to go and try to correct it mm-hmm. I, I don't like it just felt weird to me like to have the final boss be like it's him but not really him mm-hmm. it's like it's like they wrote themselves into a corner kind mm-hmm. of and they had to like well but we still gotta have Thanos be the bad guy at the end of this mm-hmm. it kind of it didn't mesh well with me mm-hmm. but i don't, I don't I really wanna, think about it 
I, I want to put that out there before we. I feel like they smoothed over that crack enough for me. Yeah. I think like it just it was just like Thanos. Like he just he wanted the stones. Yeah. And th- so then he saw that the stones were getting tampered with. Right. But then, like you said, he still sees the ultimate thing. Yeah. That happens to him. He sees himself die, and he's just like, "Well, that's destiny. That's the cost of this." Right. You know, it wasn't like the Thanos that we spent time with. Sure. You know, and it just I don't know. It's like if like Darth Vader died like at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, and then it's like other darth vader comes I don't but know, they I made just, prequels so you know that yeah. darth vader <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's fine yeah he watches it through r2d2's hologram so it's okay mm-hmm. no, but anyway uh, minor thing no i thought it was fine because i thought that him seeing the death ultimately turned him into the thanos that he needed yeah, to be yeah it was that, enough that's way that's me. one way you can get over it and it kind of wasn't his movie anymore at that yeah point. yeah so, it was he had his chance and it's not like he was He's been so singularly focused mm-hmm. that he's not that different. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Well, the only difference is now he wants to go and kill 100% of things. Yeah. Of 50%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, fair enough. I, I think there's a way to kind of make it reconcile in my mind with being okay. But yeah. It, I feel like it was kind of goofy. Hmm. No, I liked it. I was just like, what the? Yeah. I was like, where do we? What? Yeah. Like, I I guess I shouldn't be surprised, mm-hmm. but I am surprised. Yeah. yeah. Um. Hulk dabs. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the thing that happens. That's the thing that happens. That bit went on forever, and I don't know why. Yeah. The, like, Ant-Man, like, d- take a picture with the kids mm-hmm. thing. I was just like, what is happening? Like, we don't have time to just, like, do a riff session because Paul Rudd is here. Yeah, the that part was a little weird. Those it was things in there that odd, weird. man. Yeah. In general, I, the humor was decent in this. Yeah. I don't think it worked as well as, like, Infinity War. Like, that yeah. one, like, I remember laughing a lot more. I laughed a lot in this. I think Rocket was hilarious in this, mm-hmm. and he was great. Yeah. I thought Bradley Cooper was really good in this movie. Even the, like, moment where, like, he has with Nebula at the beginning, I thought yeah. was really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it with a different crowd, though. Like, my, my crowd was a lot more um, silent or stoic. Or oh, something. yeah. Mine was, mine okay. was into it. Like, okay. yeah, they were... They were cheering, they were clapping, okay. they were, yeah, they were yelling, like, not, but not stupid. Like, they, they weren't dumb. There was a lady in front of us who cried, like, I think she thought it was a documentary. <laughs> I think she thinks Robert Downey Jr. died for this movie. She was inconsolable. <laughs> And I heard a lady crying behind us, and then I heard that lady, and I was like, that lady's in bad shape. Like, <laughs> someone check on her. Uh, huh. Yeah. Yeah, my, my audience did not react as much. Really? Yeah, it was kind of strange. I, I kind of saw it like in one of those um, theaters where you have the, the sit-down, like, sofa chairs and all okay. that stuff. It was smaller. It wasn't right. as big. So right. it was kind of a little, a little less of, like, a, you know, Mob mentality. Yeah. That's where I think that really takes over. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we saw it in the IMAX theater here in town, which is a yeah. huge auditorium, and it was sold out, right. you know? So, yeah, it was... And Captain America was in our ad- audience. Oh. Yep. Yeah. What? There was a guy dressed as Captain America. Oh, okay. Yep. I mean, not that I really thought that... Really sure. No, I uh, I saw him in the bathroom after the movie, yeah. and I wanted to be like, how does that work? How does... <laughs> how you do that? And then Robert was like, you should have been like, I guess that is America's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Yep. Uh no, I liked I, I I there was stuff that made me laugh. I thought it was hilarious when uh Tony called Thor Lebowski. 
Mm-hmm. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. I thought it was funny when he called him Ratchet. When he called uh, Rocket Raccoon Ratchet. That was good. Uh, I thought it was funny when he called him Build-A-Bear. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny there was a yellow submarine freaking reference in this movie when he called Nebula a blue meanie, which were oh, the villains in that yeah, movie. Right. I was like, who was that for? <laughs> yeah, they had a, a wide array of, of jokes across yeah. all ages and demographics. Yeah, and the most wearing in one of these things, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Guardians 1. Yeah, maybe that. Um... But I was it wasn't as off putting in this as no. it was in Guardians One. Guardians One was like a little like edgy for the sake of being edgy. Yeah. In this it just felt like, yeah, these people are upset. Like right. they've been sad for six years now. Right, yeah. Um maybe I have to like watch it with a different crowd or something like that. But Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, My crowd was hype. Like I, I thought it was funny, but like other people weren't like yeah. feeling it. it felt yeah, like, maybe. But, right. Uh no, like I said, it was the busiest I've ever seen a movie theater. Yeah. I don't know if you had that. No, well, I mean, it was it was packed, but it's still probably only like a thirty person theater. But oh man, no, we, there we was like the there were so many freaking people. Oh, yeah. was it a multi multiplex that you went to? It was just like a like a hole in the wall kind of like place. They renovated it so you have like the the chairs that like mm-hmm. are really nice and all that stuff. But it's pretty small. It's like Got studio it. movie grill like level. Okay, kind of, yeah. yeah, this was like a sixteen auditorium theater. Yeah, right, because it was Reading right. here in town, and it's like. Uh, Robert walked ar- around after. There are only five theaters not playing in, uh, Endgame. God. Yep. Yeah, this movie's gonna make all the money. All the money. Makes me wonder, like, how the Detective Pikachu's gonna do in two weeks. Is everyone and brother gonna see this movie and get out of their system so they can move on, or... I think Asia will make it do numbers. Yeah. I don't know if they'll push it over a billion. Mm-hmm. Because I think that you need the trifecta of China, Japan, and North America. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it's going to do in North America I mean, in people, the wake of Endgame. People really go and buzz every time they see the trailer for it. Yeah, but... it's been electric, not, pun not intended. <laughs> Damn it. I, that's the only way I can describe it. Every time I've seen that trailer, people have yeah. been like, whoa, yeah. like that looks really good. Mm-hmm. And it's getting good buzz, it seems like, on yeah. social media. Yeah, but... it seems like people liked it. Um, uh, unfortunately, I think the real casualty here is going to be John Wick 3. Uh, it's already got the decks, the decks stacked against it because it's rated r mm-hmm. but i feel like these those movies still haven't found an audience yeah or at least as big of an audience as i want them to based on how much i like these movies right. um but I, I i really think because it's going to be this is going to take up all the air in the room mm-hmm. till detective pikachu yeah and then, and then both of them combined well and then aladdin is two yeah. weeks after detective pikachu and then aladdin's gonna kill godzilla yeah uh yeah godzilla i don't know man i feel like it's it's got the deck stack against it too yeah it does hard they showed like a five minute clip of it mm-hmm. before art so here's how fast or here's how close together they had show times for Endgame. Mm-hmm. they had barely let us into the theater and trailers were starting wow yeah, yeah. um like i because i went to go get uh chris and water water because it's a three-hour movie and we have the opposite problem of we like to drink a lot of water, so we knew we were going to be thirsty during the right. movie, not have to pee, because I go three hours daily without mm. peeing. Um, <laughs> and so she was like, get us a water. And I was like, I also need caffeine, because I've already watched a two-hour and 40-minute movie right. today. Um, so I went and got a Coke Zero. And uh, I was in line, and I got a text that was like, hey, trailers are starting. Mm. And then I walked in, and uh, I sat down with uh Kristen and Robert and Robert was like 
this Godzilla clip has been going on for like three minutes. Yeah. And it went on another two minutes while I was in there. Mm-hmm. And when we walked out, I was like, I'm kind of sad I missed that because it looked friggin' dope. Yeah. And they were like, I kind of feel like I saw the whole movie, actually. Yeah. I, like, it feels like they're over-marketing to get an audience, right, which like sucks. desperate. Yeah, which sucks because I feel like it's going to be awesome. Yeah. It looks so cool. Yeah, I think I think John Wick is a little bit safer because it's counter-programming in a sense. It's like an R-rated movie and a, sure. and a deluge of other you know things that are kind of ostensibly for kids but right that adults now watch so right really there's no difference i don't know if infinity war is a kid movie yeah it's well, a lot of people standing around talking for sure yeah but somehow i think kids dig it yeah so, um yeah. but yeah I, I your point's well taken yeah i think um, detective pikachu is inarguably a yeah, child it, movie <laughs> yeah right which we're gonna watch the shit out of dude so. is it gonna be so hype yeah yeah that podcast is gonna be fun uh um, that being said <laughs> ugh, strap in everyone may's gonna be nuts um yeah. We have, by my estimation, seven episodes coming out in May. Uh, I will be on eight podcasts total in May. Um, We're going to have, we're actually going to be back, I think, next week with uh, Blake Collier from uh, Real World Theology to talk about Under the Silver Lake. It is a movie from the director of It Follows that was supposed to come out in December and then got bumped to April and then got dumped onto video on demand by the studio. Uh, however, it follows is so Blake's a big horror guy. We'll talk about that. You'll get to know him. Blake's a good dude. Anyway, um, it, it it follows was like a big hit in the horror world. Yeah. So I don't know why this happened. And based on the tweets I've seen, Under the Silver Lake isn't too bad. Hmm. Um. So I don't know why the studio dumped it. And it's A24, too. They usually are pretty good about making sure their movies get released in theaters. So I don't I don't know what's going on. Uh, but we'll be back to talk about that. Then the week after that, we're going to talk about Detective Pikachu. Um, are you going to see it in Japan? I thought about it. I don't know if, like, the amount of time that we're there justifies, like, taking the break out of, like, sightseeing to go and watch a movie in the theater, okay. you know? Mm-hmm. And also... I, we have accounts. different priorities. Yeah, no, well, I, true, but, like, at the same time, like, I heard that the theater experience in Japan is not, like, you know, like, people go crazy or right. anything. You know what I mean? Like, Americans are kind of right. special. My big their... thing with traveling abroad is I want to see how other people watch movies. Yeah. So. yeah, I heard that's kind of reserved, so it's not like you're going to get, like, whoa. Yeah, you know, yeah, well, I mean, that's, like, that, that yeah. makes sense. Right. That's the Beatles story, right? That's why they stopped touring, because yeah. they were touring, and uh, then they toured Japan, and they were like, these audiences are much quieter yeah. here, and uh, we sound terrible. Right. So we're going to stop touring, yeah. because the music we're making does not tour well right now. Yeah. Um, then we have John Wick Chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Then, in a double episode week, we're going to do Aladdin and Brightburn with Jeremy, a uh, friend of the show, yeah. Calcera. I always mispronounce his last name. Calcera? We'll see. We'll find out on that episode, which is just the spooky Superman movie. Um, he wanted to do that. Um, after that, Godzilla. Uh, and also that same week, I'm going to be on the Feel and Film podcast to talk about Rocketman, which is opening against Godzilla. Uh, and then in June, um, we're doing an episode with Aaron White from the Feel and Film podcast on dark phoenix uh which is not a movie i planned on seeing but then we got him on the show so uh now i'm gonna see it <laughs> um i don't think i don't think it was necessarily on our docket yeah uh, i think i'm sitting that one out <laughs> okay um 
So yeah, it's a lot. We oh, have a lot. Man. This it's this is gonna be stupid. Plus, we had the premiere of our own movie. Oh yeah, our movie's coming out. <laughs> yeah, um, which has been seen by at least one person that I know of that's yes. not named Mike or Matthew. Yeah, uh, because I got a text message about it. Yeah, and I was told I was the best part of the movie. Nice. Um. Yep. I was also told it was pretty good, but I was told I was the best part. Yeah. <laughs> you you are pretty good at it. Awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll have an episode on that maybe. Yeah. Probably. Probably. <sighs> yeah. Oh my god. We we can make that one a little shorter. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 I just. Huh. It's gonna be a lot of editing. Yeah. But it'll be fine. Okay. Do you we'll have anything else? Um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I got less sleep um, before this episode than the runtime of Endgame. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, well, until next time, we're the bad guys and Michael Buffer is in Dumbo. Oh, wait. Well, yeah. Because um, this podcast is already too long. There is going to be a premiere of our movie at the Beale Library. Oh, yeah. On May 11th uh, at 4.30 to 7 o'clock. So. And it's free. Yes. Most importantly, it is free. It's free. It is. How long is the movie? The the new one is 45 minutes. I think we might go and show the previous one before it. So okay. in case you haven't been on board the series, it's a pretty good starting point, I think, to mm-hmm. kind of get in and uh, you'll kind of get like a double feature that r- runs the length of like a two-hour movie by the end of it. So, sure. Or an hour uh, 45 minutes. Yeah. Also, if you are not based in Bakersfield and you're confused about what we're talking about, yeah. DM me, DM Mike. Yes. Uh, we will get you a link. Yes. to uh, the previous movie and mm-hmm. when the new one the new one will be available online eventually right yeah it's already secretly up there sure um, right yeah obviously have seen it. obviously yes um so yeah if you are not based in bakersfield uh yes. and want to see it uh let us know right and we'll get you the link because we want people to see it yes i mean i might try to figure out a way to live stream the premiere but i, I don't know it might be difficult so we'll see mm. um mm-hmm. but there will be a link eventually so everyone can participate and they can go and see how whether the criticisms that i go and give um i reply to my own movies making so there you go cool all right well uh actually now we're the bad guys and michael buffer is in dumbo so 